0: This episode of Mission Log is brought to you by Eagle Moss and the official Star Trek Starships XL Editions. A special series of large format ships officially authorized by CBS Studios. Subscribe today and receive the USS Enterprise D for 20% off the regular price and with free shipping. For details and to order, visit st-starshipsxl.com.
1: Mission Log. A Roddenberry Star Trek Podcast Episode 261 Bloodlines
2: Welcome in the Mission Log A Roddenberry Star Trek Podcast I'm Ken Ray And I'm your father No you're not Oh, right I'm Sean Champion Right And not your father. Right. Each week on Mission Log, we watch an episode of Star Trek, taking it apart for messages, morals, and meanings, and seeing whether the whole thing holds up today.
0: This week, Bloodlines, the one where Picard finds out he's a father. No, he's not. Oh, right. He's not a father. Though you could have fooled him.
2: I've got trivia coming up in a moment, but first... But first... A word from Eagle Moss and the official Star Trek Starships XL editions. People ask for bigger ships, John. They ask for bigger ships. And Eagle Moss, being the good people they are, delivered unto the people. Or, you know, <laughs> they will deliver unto the people once the people uh, deliver unto them the orders. Mm,
0: yeah, I like how that, yeah, you, you place the order, you get the order delivered <laughs> you. You get the you. ships.
2: Exactly. Yeah, Fans ask for bigger ships, and that's what they got with the XL editions from Eagle Moss. Officially authorized by CBS studios, these ships come in from every corner of the Star Trek universe, all the Star Trek TV series, all the movies from Star Trek, the motion picture, all the way through Star Trek beyond. And who knows, maybe one day beyond beyond all the Trek, can all the Trek, all the Trek, John,
0: these ships are as close to screen accurate as Eagle Moss can get. And they're big. They're really big. These are actually some of the largest starships Eagle Moss ever put out. Each is expertly crafted and rich in detail. The XL Edition ships are die-cast, hand-painted, and they come with the in-depth magazines that you've heard us talk about, and the special collector's stand. I I, I won't get into my love for the stand right now, (laughs) which you have also heard us talk about and, and me wax
2: rhapsodic about. Indeed. There's a lot There's a lot that comes with these, but people may be asking, how do I get them? How do I get them, guys? How do I get them, Ken? Well, that's, uh, you actually should know by now. Okay. But I'm going to tell everybody else who maybe doesn't, because there are two ways to do it. I'm going to tell you one. John's going to tell you the other. Uh, the first one is to subscribe, and that way you don't have to think about it anymore. You just get ships coming at you all the time. Well, not all the time. You start with the 8.5-inch XL Edition USS Enterprise NCC-1701D. That comes to you for 20% off the retail price, plus it comes in with free shipping. Uh, when you subscribe or when you have a subscription, you also receive three exclusive free gifts worth 100 bucks as part of your subscription. Uh, Of course, you can cancel that subscription at any time. If you don't cancel, though, like I say, you get that bonus stuff. Plus, additional ships will come to you every other month for the same 20% off and with the same free shipping deal. And you say to yourself, well, that sounds like a good way to get these ships, but you said there was another?
0: Oh, I got this. I got this. You want another option? I have an option. Pick just the ones you want. That's right, you can pick and choose your favorite XL edition ships online and pay the regular price. Now, in addition to the Enterprise D, other XL editions now available include the original USS Enterprise NCC-1701, the Enterprise E from the next-gen movies, and just recently added the 22nd Century's own Enterprise NX-01. So the choice is yours. Just visit st-starshipsxl.com and make it so. That's st-starshipsxl.com. And a big thanks to Eagle Moss for sponsoring this week's show.
2: John's got trivia coming up in just a moment, but first, I'm going to tell you how to get in touch with us. Mission Log Pod is the address to find us on Facebook, Skype, and Twitter. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we would love to hear your voice. 323 522 5641 is the phone number to call. 323 522 5641. Our email address is missionlog at roddenberry.com. Our show website, including Discovered Documents, is at missionlogpodcast.com. And please do remember no matter how you get in touch with us, we may use your comments on an upcoming episode of Mission Log. And with that, we turn to you know, a lot of people, for a lot of people, I make Mm -hmm. fun of trivia. I know I do no, that. Do, but you, do you really what, I, what, like to my face? Here, here's the thing, though. Right. But it, it's just like a thing we do. Right. Mm-hmm, it's just like a little mm-hmm. it's like a little thing, you know, yep. that we do. A lot of people. This is like when we get emails from people, yeah. this is one of the things they cite. So, you know what? As as my gift to you in this holiday season, if it happens to be a holiday season, whenever people are listening, <laughs> my gift to you for every holiday season uh, for this episode only. I'm not going to make fun. I'm just going to say, ladies and gentlemen, here's John Champion with trivia.
0: Well, thank you, Ken. And for all of those people who do enjoy the trivia section, uh, look, don't, don't just stop 10 minutes into the show. There's, <laughs> right. there's so much more.
2: Yeah. yeah. Wow. And people are like, what? wait a minute. It goes on. Yeah. yeah
0: right. <clears throat> right. Yeah. With yeah. far less trivial pursuits. All right. Today's episode, Bloodlines, was written by Nick Sagan. But, you know, Ken, like most TV scripts, we we need to dig a little deeper to find out who all had an influence on the story. Would you believe, actually, Patrick Stewart? Really? He had a conversation with Jerry Taylor as things were wrapping up with Season 7 that he thought there might be an interesting plot thread having to do with Damon Bach and the story we had introduced way back in Season 1 with The Battle. So Jerry assigned the script to Nick Sagan, and uh, Rene Echevria actually had a hand in the final polish of that script before being filmed now as it happens a lot there were changes from the original treatment sagan's story was darker and had to do with uh implanting memories into a kid that bach had been bringing up for a long time and uh, really messing with picard's mind making him think that he had had this kid and uh, was giving false memories to picard kind of like what we saw in uh, the battle really messing with his mind it it took a less dark turn in the final script um This was directed by Les Landau. Now, Les, remember, had been around as an AD for a long time, then switched over to directing with the Schizoid Man. And most recently, we talked about his episode, Dark Page. There's a deleted scene, uh, just a little more at the end, with Jason trying to weasel his way out of being killed by Bach. Uh, it also reveals specifically that the other Ferengi were expecting Picard to pay a ransom. So uh, just a little extra, few lines of dialogue there.
2: Well, we do get that. We just don't get it before the reveal.
0: We we do get it. We we get the yeah. We we get the Ferengi are disappointed they're not getting a ransom. Right. As opposed to the lead up of the the Ferengi being excited like, hey, we're gonna get a ransom. <laughs> so right. A little little different context. Um. Ken a uh, uh, special guest for you,
2: mm-hmm. uh the curl Neskos. Was really there. I did yeah. not notice it, but I'll have to go back and watch again and again. I'm assuming it's you know when Picard is i don't know set up for his yard sale, maybe I don't yeah, yeah that...
0: <laughs> he's showing off his antiquities and he's labeling everything yeah. right
2: did he um did he bring everything out like because the kid was coming, or is that just all that stuff is always just laying around?
0: I, I get the feeling that he brought a lot of it out. He, he was just like, yeah, if, if I can't wow the kid any other way, he'll <laughs> love my antiquities. Right. Oh, you're from someplace rustic. Here's a piece of wood. Right.
2: Oh, <laughs> and yeah.
0: We saw how that went over. All right. So we have guest stars on this show. Hey, Who's Lieutenant Rhodes, you may ask? Well, she is played by Amy Peets in her only Trek appearance. Uh, this was early, early in her career, and since then, she has racked up a huge number of guests and recurring roles on TV to this very day. You may have seen her on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Desperate Housewives, The Office. She had a recurring role as Donna on The Office, uh, Caroline in the City, and many, many more. Uh, Peter Marks, here credited as Peter Slutsker, as the Ferengi Berta. Now, just a brief scene with him, but we do want to mention Peter here because we've seen him twice before, both times as Ferengi, though different Ferengi. He was in Menage à Troy and was also in Suspicions. He'll be back for a guest role in Voyager, and he has pretty much put acting on the back burner while raising his kids. Lee Ehrenberg plays Bach. Definitely worth pointing out here that Ehrenberg has played a Ferengi before as well. He was Damon Prock in Force of Nature, and he had already appeared as yet another Ferengi in Deep Space Nine. Oh, and he will be back for more. Now, he's a prolific character actor, and we should also note here that he was not the first actor to play Bach. Hmm. Way back in Season 1 in The Battle, that was played by Frank Corsentino, and finally ken olant plays jason vigo yes uh ken working since the early 70s as a kid then really getting a lot of roles in the early 80s uh his most memorable feature roles from then would have to be in summer school uh leprechaun and oh another horror classic april fool's day he's been in the tv series v plus airwolf jag the a-team and uh a little show called The Love Boat, and this is his only Star Trek appearance.
1: This week's guest has a rap sheet as long as your arm, including a charge of breaking and entering, with intent to climb on things.
2: Prologue: There's a probe headed towards the Enterprise, and it's hailing Captain Picard specifically... The ship throws up shields when the probes start shooting some sort of energy at the Enterprise, but when they figure out it's trying to send a holographic message, they let it through. The Ferengi Bach fades in on the bridge, wearing a Daemon's uniform. You remember Bach. He's the one who blames Picard for the death of his son, mostly because Picard killed his son. He also took control of Picard's mind several seasons ago. Anyway, Bach is here with bad news. He plans to kill Picard's son. I'm sorry, who? Act 1. Jason Vigo. That's Picard's son, according to Bach. And Picard says, yeah, could be. Data will start looking for Jason by looking for his mother, Miranda Vigo. Riker, meanwhile, will get in touch with the Ferengi government. Bach was in prison for what he did to Picard. How is he out now? And how is he a daemon again? Last anyone heard, Miranda and Jason were on Kmore 5. Though it's hard to say whether they're still there. The planet's records are practically non-existent. Picard's sort of shaken by the whole thing. While Will hasn't asked, Picard will tell him he had a short, passionate shore leave with Miranda. They tried to keep in touch, but you know how things go. She never said a thing about a son. So either Bach is wrong and Picard is not Jason's father, or Miranda just decided to raise Jason alone which would be the sort of thing she'd do. But whether Jason is his son, he is in danger. So it's off to k 5. In orbit, scan, 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 and it looks like the only 23-year-old human male on the planet is actually in the planet, far beneath the surface, and there's seismic instability in the area. Sensing his danger, Picard has the young man beamed aboard the Enterprise. Yeah, he wasn't in danger, He was climbing in some underground caves. Except you were in danger. Someone's trying to kill you, says Picard, because I might be your dad. And I might not be. Picard suggests they contact Miranda to clear this up, though Jason says she died a few years ago. Jason agrees to a genetic test to see if he's Picard's son, especially since if he's not, Bach probably won't want to kill him anymore. No such luck. After a quick DNA test, Dr. Crusher says Jason is Picard's son. Act 2. Father and son are getting to know each other. Picard seems perplexed by Jason's risk-taking nature and his lack of employment. Jason, meanwhile, is unimpressed with Picard's love of things you can't eat and things you can't sell to buy things to eat. Picard tells Jason that he didn't know he had a son. Had he known, he said he'd have been a part of Jason's life. And out come the claws. Maybe that's not what she wanted, says Jason. When Picard has no response, Jason says, He'd like to go home, please. Picard explains why that's not a great idea. I killed Bach's son. He's being sort of eye for an eye about this. Let me get that cleared up. Then you can go where you want to. Reluctantly, Jason agrees. Picard says he hopes this will give the two a chance to get to know each other. To which Jason says, nothing. Meanwhile, Geordi and Data are trying to figure out where Bach's probe came from. They're also hearing back from the Ferengi government. Yes, Bach bought his way out of prison, as Ferengi will. But he's no daemon. While the Ferengi official isn't overly helpful in telling Picard where Bach is, he is helpful enough. Something he says lets Geordi and Data know where Bach may be. The Enterprise heads that way. En route, Picard asks Beverly for parenting advice. Picard thinks he should leave Jason alone. Let the young man come to his father if he wants to. Maybe, says Beverly. But ask yourself this. Are you doing what's best for Jason? Or what's easiest for you? Counselor Troy, meanwhile, stops by to talk to Jason about the death threat, about meeting his dad. Jason spends the time hitting on Troy, and that's fine, except that's not why she's there. So, bye. That night, Bach turns up in Picard's quarters. Seriously, he is right there saying, I will kill him, Picard, and there's nothing you can do about it. And in the time it takes Picard to call for security, Bach is gone. Act 3. Shields were up, there's no sign of an intruder, there's no indication of a holographic projection, and there's no sign box using the mind control tech he used six years ago. This is a mystery. And Geordi will work on it. Meanwhile, Picard has Worf put a security detail on Jason. More good news. Data has compiled Jason's criminal record. Petty stuff. Mostly trespassing. Climbing where he's not allowed. In 10 Jason's sick of his security detail already. He asks for a bit of distance, which is why we see the tremor in his hand, and no one else does. When he sees Picard, Jason wants to know why he even needs a guard on the ship. That's when he hears about Bach being on board. Or it could have been Picard hallucinating, whatever. Jason again asks to be dropped off someplace, and Picard again talks him out of it. Hey, we have a holodeck. Maybe we can make a climbing program, says Picard, and go climbing together. Jason is full-on rejection at this point. When this thing with Bach is settled, I'm out, says Jason, so there's really no need to get acquainted. The Enterprise has made it to where they think Bach's probe came from. No sign of him, but out of nowhere, there's another probe. This one just kind of explodes at the Enterprise. Though Data says there was actually a coded message in the explosion. It reads, My revenge is at hand. The whole thing's making Picard a little nuts. In his ready room, Wow! There's Bach again. He's pretty much just there to torment Picard. I'm gonna kill your son. I'm gonna kill your son. And he's gone. In sickbay, Crusher gets a call from security. Jason is convulsing on the floor. Act 4. Apparently doing better, Jason says he's never had convulsions like this, though he does say his hands have been getting shaky. That started a few months ago. Crusher says he actually has a degenerative neurological syndrome. Left untreated, it could lead to paralysis or death. Crusher will try to treat the man, though she's not sure there's anything she can do. The thing is, this condition is hereditary. Picard doesn't have it. Jason doesn't know whether his mother had it. Crusher will do a bit of medical digging to see what she can find out. When Jason leaves sickbay, Picard wants to continue his parenting talk with Beverly. First, he thinks she was right. He was doing what was easy for him, not what was best for Jason. Also, kid's got a criminal record. And Picard feels responsible, having not been there to guide him. She's got some pretty good advice on this one. Don't beat yourself up for not being there before. Be there for him now. And be patient. In the captain's ready room, good news! Bach left a resonance trace pattern on Picard's chair. So he really was there! They think he's been using a subspace transporter. Almost nobody uses that tech because using it is both energy-intensive and unreliable, If you're cool with that, though, it's kind of awesome, since it'll let you beam stuff several light years away. Also, if Bach uses it again, they should be able to trace it back to his ship. Picard has a bigger concern. If Bach can beam something to the Enterprise from light years away, he might be able to beam Jason off the Enterprise. They'll try to keep a lock on Jason to keep that from happening. While he didn't want to go with Picard, Jason has gone climbing on the holodeck, that's where Picard finds him. And he climbs up to join Jason and tell him what's going on. Jason's impressed. Picard didn't have to climb all this way to tell him. Picard asked Jason to tell him more about Miranda. Like, how did they end up on k 5? Miranda had a heart for the downtrodden. When she heard about all of the children orphaned on k 5 during the Cardassian War, she packed Jason up and the two of them went to help. Ended up housing over 40 kids. Then one day, she was killed for the food she was bringing back to the children. That was at least eight years ago, and Jason's been on his own ever since. Picard has a request. Isn't there some way I can be a father to you? He tells Jason how much he regrets his relationship with his own father, how they were estranged and never came to terms with one another before his father died. Jason says if Picard knew about Jason, really knew about him, he wouldn't want Jason as a son. But Picard says he does know about his stealing, his trouble with the law. But he's Jason's father. And even though he doesn't know what that means exactly, it means something. A connection. Later, in Sick bay, Beverly has news about Jason that Picard needs to know, but uh, we apparently don't need to know it yet. On the bridge, data-sensing box transporter. Geordi's got a signal lock on Jason, but uh, it doesn't hold... After a bit of struggle, they lose Jason. Act 5. Bach has sent another probe with a message. He wants Picard to see Jason one last time. Bach moves toward Jason with a knife as the transmission ends. Nice guy. Kind of stupid, though. While Data was unable to trace Bach's ship before, there's enough info on the probe to make a trace possible now. Picard will go after Jason, alone. He'll transport via subspace, just as Bach has done. On Bach's ship, Jason is trying to talk his way out of this, though Bach won't hear it. He wants Picard to see Jason's body, so there will be no doubt. Just then, Picard beams in, phaser at the ready. Bach tells him to lower his weapon, or he'll kill Picard's son. And here is where we hear what Beverly told Picard in Act 4. Jason is not Picard's son, and Bach knows that. Bach resequenced Jason's DNA to make it look like he was Picard's son, something Beverly discovered when she was researching Jason's neurological disorder. Bach's Ferengi crew is upset. Now Picard will never pay the ransom. Joke's on them, though. There never was a demand for ransom. Also, Bach's not a daemon. No money? No real leader? Surprise! Bach's crew turns on him, allowing Picard and Jason to go. Back in orbit around k 5, Jason says he seems to be responding to the treatment for the neurological disorder. Jason says he'd like to see Picard next time he's in the area. Picard also gives Jason one of the artifacts he'd shown Jason earlier. And with that, the young man beams home. The end.
0: Hey, before we get into anything else, can I just... Point out that uh, wait, a, a transporter mm-hmm. that that will take somebody across light years worth of distance. Yeah, uh, psh, that that's crazy talk.
2: And you know, it sounds like the kind of thing they'd pull for like a movie or something. No, but not oh, the kind of thing on. that turns up in the uh, in a regular episode. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah.
0: Oh, and one other thing. I, I will also look. I, I'm not a scientist. I'm certainly not a geneticist. Um, but I, I'm going to go ahead and assume mm-hmm. that if you resequence someone's DNA, uh, you kill that person. <laughs> or, or, or if you're lucky, you turn them into uh, a spider, or a lemur, or an amphibian. That is, if I learned anything
2: from Genesis. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to do the thing about the spider. So, yeah. Oh, (laughs) I think when I checked your note, all you had in there was you killed them. And I was like, oh, yeah, or you turned them into a spider. But yeah, now you've done that. (laughs) Right, right. I'll just sit here quietly. So there's a cool little detail where
0: Picard said that they should look for records from New Gaul Mm -hmm. about Miranda and and again, I keep thinking from what we've seen on Next Gen, the people around him probably had no idea what Gaul is. Right? They were like, "Wait, we a country with a flag? What's a flag? What's the country? I don't understand these strange terms." But but good to see that Picard is staying true to his French roots. You know, <laughs> that was. Although I, I don't know why they'd call it New Gaul. I mean, that that's that's going way 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 back to uh, to
2: have have a reference. Well, you know? I mean, remember the Scottish theme park from Sub Rosa.
1: It's that's true possible
2: that there is a a a 2000 how how long ago were the gauls it wasn't 2000 uh, years was it yeah you're talking roman empire but but gaul
0: is basically france belgium parts of northern italy yeah i mean just a huge swath yeah. From back in the day from way back in the day
2: so maybe they got another one of those theme park things it could be that the federation in the 24th century if you're off a federation planet it mm-hmm. could be like Westworld. everywhere you go
0: that's exactly what I'm thinking. You had a Roman world in Westworld. <laughs> yes, we so, uh, did. In Delos. And yeah. you certainly
2: had a Roman world in Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. So, Oh, man. Yeah, you had a Nazi world in Star Trek. You had a Westworld. You actually had a Westworld in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Not the mm-hmm. one on the holodeck, but um, Way, of the, Way of the Gun from the original series. You got the uh, Scottish theme park. And then, of course, you got the theme park Planet. Yeah. So, so really, yeah, 24th century might not be a bad place. Except for the part where people get killed. Right. Yeah, but the future is full of theme parks. So uh, (laughs) I I like this. But they're hardworking theme parks. That's the problem. They're theme parks where you have to like, like you go in, you pay however much to get in. And it's like, well, hope you find food.
0: (laughs) Well, that's just one of the many challenges in the future. Um, Again, another challenge I would say is record keeping Mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah. Uh, whole, Whole planets. They just they lose records. Kids are born. We don't know who the fathers are. This is just an ongoing thing. In, in star trek um another thing that's a challenge apparently birth
2: control is mm. still mm? No? i don't know we don't know that birth control is a challenge mm.
0: well picard picard's sort of like he's like i i don't know i i could be the kid's father right yeah, it's just a thing it's right the thing
2: okay but miranda may well have miranda may have pulled the jenny garth i mean she may have mm. just decided somewhere along the way that you know she wanted to have a child i mean certainly she has mm-hmm. a type because mm-hmm. apparently Jason's father is a Starfleet uh, officer. Right. And of course, Picard was also a Starfleet officer. And uh, she was apparently, she bed both of them, it would seem. Yeah. Although she could have been lying to Jason about who, who, who his father was. It's true. also possible that she didn't know who his father was, but it's not necessarily true that birth control is a problem. It could just be that she, you know, she wanted to have a kid. Pulling a Jenny Garth. That's what I'm going to say. She pulled
0: that, that Jenny was Jenny Garth. I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that Star Trek's got a lot of, when you need a plot line, when you need to introduce somebody oh, yeah. they're like, oh, you a kid, just right. kid, because, and, and somebody didn't know that there was a kid. So,
2: mm-hmm. See, also Worf, yeah. Yeah, right? And you know yeah. why Riker didn't ask, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Because
2: he does not want anybody ever asking those kinds of questions of him. No. Nope. He's got to be nope. standing there going, man, that that probe could just as easily have been for me
0: dodged a bullet yeah
2: <laughs> no he's like neo he dodged them all man
0: yeah <laughs> right right. yeah um a, a, interesting scene between uh deanna troy and jason mm-hmm. a little uncomfortable with him hitting on her uh quite a bit there and and i kept wanting her to leave the room and say and by the way my boyfriend is a klingon and uh my other boyfriend is second in command
2: do you want to talk about why he was that way and why we had him be that way. Is that sort of hearkening back to, um, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was the last one I think that we had with Q, the most recent one that we had with Q when he mm. took Picard back to his past. And Picard was like tapestry tapestry. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, and, and Picard was just, you know, pretty much sleeping with anybody that would sleep with him. Yeah. Yeah. And just taking a shot anywhere it could. Mm. and, is that do you think we were sort of given that misdirection with Jason? Is that like a callback hmm. to the way Picard was when he was young? Was that supposed to be something else where like oh yeah that oh, that's a Picard right there a young one anyway. Interesting. Interesting. See, I didn't think of it that way.
0: I thought of it more like um cad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the, the, this guy is a, a little rough around the edges and Which
2: Picard was when he was in Starfleet? When he was Jason's age, he was um he he was a bit of a player. Yeah yeah i'm not saying that's what it was it just I, like it seemed to sort of come from out of nowhere i mean it's also possible he was just throwing up defenses against somebody who's like hey let's talk about your feelings and he's like let's talk about feeling you i mean you know right, just like right. oh okay you're right i don't want to talk to you bye right yeah i mean yeah. I, I feel been. like
0: that was uh, a part of it i also feel like he, he's a guy who spends a lot of time in a cave hmm. well by choice sure <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not a troglodyte. I mean,
0: no, no, but there there may just not be that many uh, that many eligible women around him. I guess.
2: So, I guess maybe. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: oh hey, I, I mentioned in the trivia, uh, Lieutenant Sandra Rhodes, and mm-hmm. and really glad to see um, uh, a new character, and uh, that was very exciting. Why was it not Lieutenant Junior J?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure she can't actually speak.
0: Oh, okay. Because it I think just... the
2: actress can, but there were so many times that they could have talked to Junior J, Lieutenant Junior J. I'm sorry, Lieutenant J. I know she's junior grade. I just want to call her Lieutenant Junior still, though. It so works. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, it's it's quite possible. Maybe maybe one day. What do we got? Like uh, three episodes left. Four episodes left of next gen. Maybe they'll address that before the end of the series. Maybe so. I'm counting on that.
0: Maybe so. Yeah. I, it, look, they, even though this is 1994 when this aired, Lieutenant Rhodes and Lieutenant Junior J, both awesome 80s hair. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like the, the natural to fit in Lieutenant Junior J in that role. So a little disappointing. Uh, Captain Picard is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing the mountain? Pass. <laughs> All right. But look, Picard and Kirk both like climbing.
2: Yeah, that was a cool, cool thing to see. How do they both feel about marshmallows, though?
0: Oh, that's a good, good question. One that is sadly not answered in this episode. Um, But but Jason and Picard, they have so much in common uh, uh, that is revealed in that scene. Jason was living in a house full of orphans on a war-torn colony, and uh, Jean-Luc's father wanted him to tend the vineyards. (laughs)
2: That <laughs> was yeah. kind of fascinating, right? When when he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. mom died because she was carrying food. And he's like, oh, yes, and life was tough for me as well. My father wanted me to stay in the mansion.
0: Tend the vineyards.
2: <laughs> he said <laughs> tend the vineyards. He did. Although I will say I was a little surprised that, like, next scene, Jason's not singing Frère Jacques, you know?
0: Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> and, yes.
2: Uh, and humming the tune de Champs-Elysees. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Drinking wine, oddly, all yes. of a sudden. Yes, this is quite the vintage, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, actually, that whole scene was pretty wonderful, and and uh, you know, Patrick Stewart is great, and it, mm-hmm. it it's just yeah. Um, the 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 their their worlds clearly are very different, but it was so nice to see that genuine smile uh, from Picard at the end of it. That was a, a really nice moment. Mm-hmm. But, but by the way, there's a little correction here for uh, Picard at the end of the show that that's not how the uh i put a little something in your bag bit goes you don't tell the person right you you don't do that (laughs) it's like the i'm throwing a little surprise party for you when you get back you don't you you don't do that either you don't say yeah i put a little something in your bag and then have the guy open it it's like you may as well have just wrapped it up and handed it to him
1: For three weeks in a row, Next Gen has featured stories about sons. Did no one on the Enterprise ever have a daughter?
0: There's something in this story. Uh, so we have a, a starship captain of the Enterprise. Um, he he meets a son he didn't know that he had. Um, and then he's being chased by a guy uh, trying to settle a score from a long time ago. Oh, there's it's some oh man, what is it? it it's like I've seen this in a movie.
2: Yeah, uh, run uh, silent, run deep. Hmm.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. It, I think that was it. <laughs> okay. I think that was it.
2: Yeah. Wrath of Khan. You're doing you're doing the you're doing the Christmas movie. Wrath of Khan. Oh, you're you're doing Christmas my Christmas movie. movie. I'm sorry. Wrath yes. of Khan is what you're saying. Yes.
0: Yes, um, yeah. that, that would be the one. That would be the lot of parallel there.
2: You know, it's really interesting because I was thinking, because one of the things that Khan is guilty of in Wrath of Khan is monologuing, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and certainly that is something that um, Bach does as well. Now, he has to. Because sure. he's got to sell Picard on this idea that he's got a son, right? <laughs> because right. as you right. say, episode yeah. starts, Picard doesn't even know he has a son or doesn't think he has a son. And then Bach's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, you got a son," and then he like yeah. plants all this stuff to really make him think he's got a son. And then he like you know keeps like materializing and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Bach is Bach. I was gonna say Bach is nowhere near as smart as Khan. <laughs> but but Bach actually pulled off a ton of really like high level stuff here. I mean, he bought his way out of prison, right. Impersonated a daemon, right? Uh, figured out how to transport reliably through subspace, resequenced mm-hmm. oh. the guy's DNA, right? And then found the Enterprise to tell Picard, "Oh, by the way, all of this is now true, and I'm going to kill the guy, and it's you know your fault because you killed my son." He he might. This might actually be a remake of Wrath of Khan. Now that you mention it, just think if he had put all that
0: effort to something good. Yeah, Because is really a lot of effort. And but, but here's the thing: <laughs> is the is the revenge really as sweet for him? Uh, I love that knowing?
2: idea. I'm sorry, that's a fantastic. That would have been a great end for the show. Oh, Damon mm-hmm. yeah. Bach! If only you had tried to help the people of Kamar Five. Yeah, <laughs> it would be, like it that would be a
0: very Batman ending. It would know, be a very. Uh, that's true. That's yeah. true.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. You, yeah, I, I interrupted you. I apologize.
0: No, I was to say. I wonder if the revenge is as sweet for Bach, uh, formerly Damon Bach, uh, knowing that it was just this guy who's uh, who, who he genetically tampered with to just create this ruse.
2: Oh, I think so. Because I mean, yeah. uh, the other thing about uh, the other thing about Bach, I'm actually in this conversation, I'm gaining more respect for Bach as we go. I mean, the other oh, thing dear. about Bach is, I mean, it is, I mean, it is all a psychological thing, right? Hmm. Because he knows from the beginning that Picard doesn't have a son. But if he can sell Picard on the idea that he has a son, and then he can take it away, then I mean, even though it wasn't really his son, as far as Picard knows, it was. Mm. And so he does have that pain and that hurt, especially compounded by the fact that all the years that he could have had with his son that he didn't even know existed. So he's going to have the regret of not being around for those 23 years. And then he's going to have the horror of having gained him only to lose him. Yes, I I, I think that would be fine with Damon Bach. Because the other thing is, he lives to torture him another day. Hey, I found your cousin that you didn't know about. (laughs) Right, right. right. You thought your mother died. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that one might be a stretch, Damon Bach. Dial, you dial it back just a tiny bit.
0: Well, you know they they got four more episodes, so they could just keep keep bringing out every episode of Damon Bach with another Picard family member that he created.
2: You had heard that your first grade teacher died. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, now I, I was sort of amused in this episode by all the the shock. I mean, it played straight you know, and played reasonably so, but the, the shock, particularly that Picard, has about a young man who has a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it Well, it, it sort of, it, it reveals, again, this rarefied world occupied by the people on a starship mm-hmm. versus all the people who are living on a war-torn colony. Um, it's it sort of, you know, I thought about, Picard and everybody else being shocked that, that they never knew they, they never expected that they would be around somebody who had committed suicide. Like this is just a completely unthinkable thing, um, on his ship of a thousand people, a thousand people who all come with all the baggage of a thousand people. Um, so I, you know, there, there's this scene of, uh, of him talking to Beverly and, uh, there's everything else that's going on. There's Damon Bach and the genetics and all these, and he's just so concerned, like, oh, oh, he's got a criminal record. How do I deal with this? Like, well, there's everything else going on too. Well, he didn't, <laughs> you know? he didn't
2: really care about the criminal record though. That was actually one of the most beautiful parts of the whole thing.
0: Well, later on. Yeah. He, 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 yeah, he absolutely figures out how not to care about that, but, but he, he sort of, he reveals it in hushed tones to her. You know, and, and and sure, I understand you don't want to like make an announcement over the PA about that when that is revealed to you. But I I was sort of interested in his uh, well, his embarrassment about that and and trying to grapple with it. But yeah, he 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 resolves it beautifully. He deals with it beautifully, and that's why I love that scene of them climbing together because it 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 illustrates that resolution. Um, but yeah, he just, he seems so out of sorts to think that that is something even possible, particularly with somebody who carries his DNA. Well, up until that point, he thought.
2: There are, there are a couple of things that, that made me think of. I mean, first of all, when he comes into town Ford and, mm-hmm. uh, Jason's like, I, I thought I was going to be safe on this ship. Why do I have a guard posted on me? I kind of wanted Picard to go, well, where does you steal? <laughs> Right, right. Think about that, mister. But um, what it actually made me wonder about, honestly, is I was trying to work the timeline. So the Cardassian War, as we're watching this episode, uh, did not end that long ago, right? I mean, that's part of what Mm -hmm. happened a couple of weeks ago with Journey's End. I mean, that was part of the ratification of the treaty that was going to keep peace between them. So the Cardassian War is fairly fresh, right? Yeah. I don't mean funky fresh. I mean, like, it just happened. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Because I was trying to figure out how it is. That there are orphans, and I know we talk about orphans on on uh, on Star Trek all the time. By the way, here's another one, another famous orphan mm-hmm. for your Star Trek collection. There, plus the forty mm-hmm. brothers and sisters that he had on K five, right? Adopted. Yeah. Um, I started. Find, I found myself wondering, like, like, how do we live in a twenty fourth century where Miranda can hear about the hardship on this planet and go there and raise all of these kids? Where the heck is this post-scarcity government that is the Federation? But it was a war-torn planet. Right. Should the Federation not be there doing something now, though?
0: Yeah, well, uh, rewind just a little while ago and uh, concern yourself with all of the uh, Native American colonists who have now decided, like, "Eh, we're just going to stay here on this planet uh, in Cardassian space, and we're cool if the Federation— doesn 't answer us when we really need help
2: yeah i because, i, I don 't yeah. get the sense that 's what happened here though I mean this just seems like a sort of you know, like a depressed area because it was war torn Mm -hmm. and the war is over in fairness though i'm i'm sort of assuming a lot of stuff about it i mean
0: well no but i mean i I think rightfully so yeah so war torn area could could be well i mean it's clearly not in Cardassian space but these this could be a colony where they for whatever reason don't have the protection of the federation and uh and bad things happen and it's just sort of yeah as you're pointing out not the responsibility of the federation so it's not there. And it takes a person like Miranda to show up and take in 40 kids. 40. Mm. Did she
2: show up during wartime? I guess that's what I'm wondering about. Because mm. it, it, he's been on his own for at least eight years, I think is the math that I did. And yeah. the Cardassian War only ended like in the last you know six months to a couple of years. I don't know exactly how long because we haven't been watching Deep Space Nine. Um, but I mean, so they went there, I assume when the Cardassian war was still going on, or maybe it was the result of Cardassian occupation before, sort of like what happened with the Bajorans or something. I don't know, but I did find myself wondering, and I'll tell you the other thing that it brought to mind. Um, (laughs) I was wondering about the idealistic future that Gene Roddenberry, um, talked about Mm -hmm. because this planet sounds like it was not as bad as Tasha Yar's, mm. hmm. and he was very much involved when Tasha Yar was around. Yeah, and so how is it that we ended up with that? I mean, I understand it's a cautionary tale that you know we get to see her come out of that. Drug addiction is terrible. Um, uh, the violence and the sexual violence, and and just you know, all the horrible things that were happening on her planet. It's fantastic that she was able to get out of it. Yeah, but how do we even have that in the? in the Everything's Rosie, Everything's Jake in the Federation um, at Roddenberry Vision.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Life on a starship is really good. Life directly associated with Starfleet and with the Federation, mm. really good if you're, if you're under that tent. But uh, a few steps out of that and uh, apparently not so good for everybody.
1: With Bach back in custody and Jason back on Kamer 5, it is time to see what we can take. From bloodlines, I didn't do the math
2: before we started, but I want to say this is, like, we're under 10 Picard stories now. We're under 10 next-gen stories at this point. Oh, sure, we might see a character show up on, you know, Deep Space Nine or Voyager or something. I honestly don't know. I don't think Voyager. I know we will see somebody show up on Deep Space Nine. Maybe even a couple of people at some point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a Klingon. But as we come this close to the end, we still have to ask the question about the messages, the morals, and the meanings, and and, and whether the episode holds up. This has been a tough question for the past uh, several episodes, John. Uh, I don't think it's going to be quite as difficult this time now. Uh, bloodlines, uh, does this episode hold up as far as you're concerned?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's uh, the best of the best, but it, I, I think this is an episode that w- would have worked in any season. Um Though I'm kind of glad that we got it with the distance that we did from the battle. Mm. Like It's kind of cool to do a callback uh, from something, you know, seven years ago. Um, oh, sure. You think it's cool
2: now. You didn't think it was so cool when it was The Traveler.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um it it does suffer a little bit from the uh, relative of the week problem that uh TNG has seemed to have in its later seasons, but uh at least they have an out with this one and a clever out with this one. Um and it's good development for Picard. Now, does Picard need to be developed more? Well, that's arguable. But in any case, he is in this one. He's got good stuff to chew on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's it's very nice. It's very good.
2: It's solid Star Trek. It's not uh, blow your socks off Star Trek. Right. I'm not even sure it's solid Star Trek, honestly. It's a good drama. It's fine. Mm -mm. I mean, listen, this episode does hold up as far as I'm concerned as well. It is a good episode. It is a well-acted episode. It is a well-written episode. It is completely inconsequential. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of inconsequential episodes this season. Masks, Thine Own Self, Genesis. One of those episodes was actually good and inconsequential. And this one is also good and inconsequential. I mean, it is an interesting Picard story, as you say. Um, It is another one of those Road Not Taken episodes. See also lessons, family, inner light, tapestry. Um, It's good to see good acting and it's good to see good writing. And when we started, Picard had no son. And when we finished, Picard has no son. So, I mean, really, I mean, all it does is sort of inform the character more. But as you say, who was it that said that it basically became the Picard and Data show show? Didn't you say like we had a listener that said that it basically became all about Picard and Data? And yeah, then...
0: yeah, and, and yeah, I think more than yeah, at least one, but I, I'm,
2: yeah. I'm certain, yeah, and then I, you That's... could even say that that is also true for Worf because yeah. you know you had the you had the houses and 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 the son and the brother <laughs> right. and just like you right. know and the Vision quest. I mean, there's been a lot of. I mean, he's an interesting character too. He's almost a more interesting character to examine, I think, because you're talking about a completely different type of person. Um yeah. either way though, I mean yeah, it works. It it's not I <laughs> This is where you get that goofy thing. Is it good Star Trek? I'm not sure. It's a great hour of television, it's a great hour mm-hmm. of Picard. Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's a well acted story, it's a well written story. Eh, it could have been it could have been not science fiction. Yeah. And so then, yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just when you said it's a great Star Trek. It's a great great episode, though. Yes, I think it holds up. I don't Mm -hmm. know that it does necessarily what we want Star Trek to do, but um, except it does entertain us. And that's certainly one thing that we look to Star Trek for. Sure. Um, I'm sorry sure. But that we look for in Star Trek, not look to Star Trek 4. <laughs> Although Star Trek 4 is entertaining, and I think we all know Star Trek that.
0: 4 is very entertaining. That's the uh, uh, otherwise known as the
2: one with the whales. The one with the whales, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk yeah. to me about messages, though. And I know I just said inconsequential and all that stuff, but there must be messages there, I think.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, Picard gets the sort of obvious lesson of parenthood is tough, but but you can do it. You, you can buck up and and be a good parent, Picard. Um, it, Beverly is the one who gives him the advice. She she says, "Just be there for him now, or just be here for him now." Um, which again, it sounds sort of uh, trite and obvious, but uh, I I love her consoling him with, with his concern. That that's the scene that I was referring to earlier with Picard's embarrassment about um, Jason having a criminal record. Um, she, she starts out that scene by saying, like, look, you know, patience is required to be a parent. And it's like, oh, but, but he's, he's got a criminal record. Oh, yeah. oh the, the, the stain, the tarnish, See, I, <laughs> the otherwise perfect Picard name.
2: I actually heard that very differently, though.
0: Really? I don't, fe- I don't yeah. feel
2: like that's what he was saying, because the next thing out of his mouth is, and I feel like if I had been there, maybe that wouldn't have happened. I don't feel mm-hmm. like the shame yeah. was... That Jason was a criminal. I feel like the shame was that Picard wasn't there to help and guide him. I mean, when he thinks oh, sure. that he is, the, when he thinks that he is Jason's father, I don't think the shame has anything to do with who or what Jason is. I think it has to do with uh, who and what Picard has been.
0: Oh, I, I certainly agree with you. I, I absolutely believe that that is part of uh, of what Picard is feeling. I'm also just amused at the idea of Picard being absolutely grossed out that somebody in his family would be a criminal would, would so much as jaywalk and, mm. and, and carry the name Picard. But yeah, but, I, but the point being is that um uh Beverly's the one offering that advice and and he you know, he takes it to heart and he, he has that great scene later in the holodeck and the the climbing sequence. It's yeah. a wonderful moment for him, for both of them. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, anything else other than the obvious?
2: Well, I mean, I really do like Beverly's whole thing about, I mean, what she follows that whole thing with Picard, where he's like, oh, gosh, if I'd been there, maybe you wouldn't have been a criminal. Um, don't blame yourself for having not been there. Just be there now. Yeah. I know that in my personal life, I can sometimes get caught up on mistakes that I've made in the past. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I did what I did at the time. And there's really no return in hating myself for what I've done before. So, I mean, even though she's talking specifically about, you know, don't worry about the fact that you weren't there. Just be there for him now. I feel like it's an it's an, it's an applicable. That's not to say just move through life doing whatever you want, because, you know, it's in the past. Who cares? But if, sure. if some mistake that you've made is is hampering your ability to be the best you can be or be what you want to be now, you know, get shut of it, I suppose. Um, yeah. There's also something here about doing for others, whether you have a particular tie to them. And this might be like the Sarjanka thing that we talked about in whichever episode that was um, pen, pal. pen pal. Yeah. Good. Pen pal good. or pen pals. Pen pals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it might be like that. Picard was able to let Sarjenka's planet just, you know, eat itself until he heard the child's voice. And then he feels a connection. Right. But mm-hmm. there's really no connection. I mean, he just heard her voice. Once he finds out that Jason is not his kid. Now, maybe this is only done for dramatic reveal, right? Because Picard goes ahead and transports over anyway. Would have been very easy for him just to send a message going, hey, jerk, I know your deal, so forget this. But he actually does put himself in harm's way to save somebody that he's got nothing but a passing acquaintance with at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did Mm -hmm. think that there was something a lot more there, but he goes into a dangerous situation knowing full well that there is no bloodline. There's no tie between the two of them, except for the fact that he knows his name. Yeah, Right. Of course, it's also more, as I say, it's more dramatic. Um, of course, probably the biggest lesson here is don't monologue. I mean, oh. just don't. I mean, of course, as we said, Bach has to to make it work. But it was <laughs> monologuing repeatedly that got him caught. Perhaps a better message is um, there is no profit in vengeance. Because that is certainly something that he ends up learning. Um, yes. And something that actually one of his little Ferengi henchmen actually says. I'm sorry, that wasn't little. He was normal size. And something <laughs> his normal size Ferengi henchman says: uh, "There's uh, there's no profit in this." Um, which, uh, yeah,
0: that's there too. Good lesson for all. Well, Ken, I'm going to uh, wrap us out with a monologue. Mission Log is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer Rod Roddenberry. There's so much going on at Roddenberry.com, including podcasts, multiple podcasts. If you're paying attention, you can check out our show as well as Women at Warp and Priority One over at podcast.roddenberry.com. If you'd like to help support this show directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash mission log. For more exciting Star Trek podcasts, check out Trek FM. That's trek.fm. And for the latest in Star Trek news and discussion, be sure to visit trekmovie.com.
2: Next week,
1: Emergence. some of the music for mission log provided by warp11 online at warp11.com and from the album messages by key theory free to download at k i theory.com i think john and ken missed one of the big morals of this episode stop the bop! you can't stop the bop! you can't stop the bop! you can't stop the bot and transmission.